Welcome to a quick update on the big MotoGP news about Marc Marquez, the six-time and outgoing MotoGP world champion. Marquez fell off at the first race of the 2020 season that was at Jerez, and he damaged his upper arm. Initially, he had a titanium plate inserted on the Tuesday after that race, but come the following Saturday, he was back on his Repsol Honda, wrestling a 300-brake horsepower MotoGP bike around the track. A couple of weeks later, he damaged his arm further when he opened a huge glass patio door when letting his dogs out one morning. Things have actually been quite quiet since then, until yesterday, the 3rd of December, when Marquez underwent an eight-hour operation. Toby Moody here with Simon Patterson. Simon, just give us a quick update on what Marquez went through with that operation yesterday. Yeah, so what Mark had done yesterday was essentially they knocked him out, they cut open his pelvis, they cut a chunk of bone out of his pelvis, they took the, the this is a, a fairly new technique, they took the blood supply connected to that piece of bone with it, and then they opened up his arm, they took out the old titanium plate, they put in this piece of bone into the gap, essentially, whereas the two parts of his arm hasn't healed up as a bit of a bridge. They put another titanium back plate back on, holding the whole thing together, and they stitched him up again. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. But uh, medical science is just that. Uh, we saw a note from the team late last night. Five people involved in the operation. I'm no medic. I'm no doctor. I'm certainly no surgeon. <laughs> but that's quite something. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's routine but complicated is probably the best way to put it. Um, I, you know, a lot of people have been shocked to hear eight hours under uh, under anesthetic for it. But whenever you think about the you know the the nature of the whole thing, it probably takes two hours to do the titanium plate alone. You know, the the sort of the routine motorbike injury that we see, the routine surgery that these guys have. So whenever you have to essentially do Three operations in one eight hours probably isn't that bad, is it? Mm. So we're looking at, what, 12 weeks out? Is that a time scale that you think they've given for normal human beings or the extraterrestrial super fit human that Mark Marquez is? What's your take on that? The problem is, it seems like this is one of these things where it doesn't matter how super fit you are. Being, being Mark Marquez isn't going to make this heal any quicker because... They have to just keep the arm pretty much immobilized and let those two bits of bone bridge across the new bit that they've put in. And, you know, it 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 doesn't really come into play how healthy you are. It's not like uh it's not like something like a collarbone where having loads of muscle strength in the shoulder helps compensate for the bone not being quite as good or or something like that. He kind of just needs to to sit and wait. Um the prognosis I've heard from various people is yeah, twelve weeks of but that's twelve weeks of immobilization. And then after that is where the physiotherapy needs to start, where all the you know, where where his fitness level does come back into it. But you know, let's not forget, it's now five months almost since he's been able to do much with that arm. I know we've seen photographs of him lifting some weights in the gym and stuff like that, but doesn't compare, you know, doesn't compare to riding a MotoGP bike. And he's probably rode a, not rode a motorbike now 
for the longest period of time since I would imagine he was two or three years old. So 12 weeks from now takes us to February the 28th. What is the initial plan at the moment for the official MotoGP tests after the winter testing break? So as the plan is right now, that's just about whenever we should be heading to Sepang for the first of two tests. One test there, one test two weeks later in Qatar, and then two weeks after that, we've got the first round in Qatar. Um, It's very, very, very difficult to imagine that Marquez will be back on a bike for those tests, uh, given what we know about the the state of, you know, the injury and how long it's going to take to heal up. Okay, so... Those are the facts. Let's drift over to the other side of the table and let's have some opinion between the two of us. I was shocked that somebody could have an operation on a Tuesday and even contemplate riding a MotoGP bike the following weekend. Okay, he sat out the Friday, but he did ride the Saturday. If you go back and read his quotes from that week, he says, the team were a little bit reticent about me doing so. But my comment is, ultimately, somebody gave him the keys to the bike. Um, my take from a team point of view is that sometimes you have to save athletes from themselves. Agreed. Runners, skydivers, skiers, MotoGP riders. There's a point at which, no, 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 no. Just, and I think I said it at the time, he could he could have missed three races, which is Jerez 2, Bruno, and you're into yeah. the next block, which was Styria. And... Had he been able to have a month, month and a half, who knows, with his unbelievable skill, you don't just win any race, you don't win six championships without having some huge skill, he could still maybe have, have, have clawed back a championship and got a second, a third, who knows, a win, who knows exactly. in this bizarre season. I just think he did too much too early and the the egging on from people around him, oh, you're the best in the world, you're superhuman, went a little bit too far. Ultimately, you know, he'd made the mistake in Hereth 1, he was leading the race, he was on lap 5, and he went to the back of the pack. He then got all the way back up to third position come lap 20, and then ultimately, uh, a lap later, had this injury, in, in this injurious crash, uh, behind the commentary boxes at Hereth. Uh, in my view, he was trying to go for the win. With hindsight, some racers would have said, you know what, I've completely worn out my tyre. It's a new tyre for the year. I don't know how it's going to uh, uh, behave over the next couple of laps to the finish. There were only another five laps to go. Do you know what, bank the 16 points and he'll be fit and healthy. If that would have been the case, I believe he would have won the championship. But... We've all got a degree in hindsight, and if my if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. What's your take? It's a cliche in MotoGP journalism to call these guys superhuman, but they're not. They are flesh and bone like the rest of us. They might be very, very fit, but they break the same, they heal the same, and you know this is the perfect example of it. Um, from what I can gather... Um, this is all sort of whispers and you know speculation and little bits that we pick up from here and there. There has been a monumental falling out between the Mark Marquez camp and the both the the Repsol Honda camp and the MotoGP medical camp. 
every surgery that I've known Mark Marquez to have, and there's been quite a few, has been done in Barcelona's Drexus Institute Hospital by Dr. Mir and his team. It's very, very telling that he decided to go to Madrid for this surgery. Obviously, maybe that's partly because that's where the experts were in this particular operation. But it's very, very strange that there was no reference made to those doctors who told him that they believed he was fit enough to get back in a bike five days after a really, really substantial operation to put the first plate onto his arm. Um, Mark posted the x-rays from that post-operation and then deleted them again. But obviously you can never delete anything from the internet. And some of those x-rays were looked at by a friend of mine who's an orthopedic surgeon. And they couldn't believe the job that was done on the arm. Uh, basically said it was completely over-engineered. It was far too rigid. There was far too many screws put into it. And they believed it was all an attempt to get him back on a bike too quickly. And then what has happened is, you know, it's like everything, isn't it? Bones bones have, a, have to have a little bit of flex in them. That's the way the body works. So whenever you slap a great big rigid piece of metal on it and bolt it in so tightly it can't go anywhere, the stresses of riding a MotoGP bike five days later is going to damage it. It's just the next weakest link. It's the same if you make a gearbox or a chassis or a brake line. The bit that will break first is the weakest bit. Exactly. And, and that's essentially what we saw. And that is what has triggered everything. That's why it's now five months down the line and he's just had a third surgery on the arm because they tried too hard to rush him back out onto the bike. As you wrote in your article, this tallies with the rumours that he's been in touch with Red Bull's sports clinic in Austria. And I know that there's a lot of skateboarders and BMX guys and skiers who go there, as well as the Mayo Clinic in America, yeah. which has sort of drifted out of paddock parlance over the last few years. It used to be the go-to place, but it seems to have gone a bit quiet. But arguably that you know the, the reason that it has drifted out is because there's been a bit of a shift in paddock medical care to Spain, to Catalonia. Uh, you know, with the the there's obviously a commercial relationship where the the owners of uh, the Drexus Hospital is a a uh, major sponsor of MotoGP and provides the medical staff there. So there's been a bit of a drift towards that Catalan setup where more and more people have been using them for treatment and, and other options have been, you know, maybe you, you, you do what everyone else does when you're a rider, don't you? That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Got to have the trendy glasses. Got to go to the, tre yeah, the, of trendy, course. the trendy hospital. Yeah. Exactly. I'm being cynical, but yes, yes, there is an element of that. <laughs> uh, what's actually quite worrying is what you said a moment ago, that there's been a bit of a fallout, not only with where he went medically, but the team. And I say that because he's got another four full seasons to run with HRC, Repsol Honda at the moment. Uh, wow. If you've got a clash between the the golden boy and the team, the management, the... That's massive. Yeah. But Mark Marquez has signed into, like you say, a four-year contract. That's probably the biggest money contract ever offered to any motorcycle racer ever. If it comes down to the line, let's be honest, it's not going to be him that walks away. It's going to be someone on Honda saying, Mr. Pooch, you have caused this problem. Thanks very much. It's been nice working with you. Off you go. 
obviously, until Marquez gets back on the bike, it's very early to be speculating about things. But I wouldn't be surprised if heads roll because of hmm. this. There's some very strong characters involved here. And there's going to have to be just one character stronger yeah. than the next. So, yeah. <laughs> I suppose the stripping out what you've just said there is if there was a different team manager, team principal in, say if it was if it was Yamaha, what would Jarvis have done? Say if it was Suzuki, what would Brevio have done? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's we're fair only to speculating. say I think it's fair to say that if it was Suzuki, Brivio would have taken a very, very different approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's worrying. That's worrying. And uh it's it's yeah, first and foremost, you know, there are people out there who who are not a fan of Mark. They still hark back to the 2015 Malaysia thing. They are fans of another rider, they're fans of another of another manufacturer. Totally get that. Thank mm-hmm. goodness we're all different on the planet. <laughs> But love him or hate him, my goodness me, man alive, the stuff he does on a motorcycle, the things you see on the super slow-mo, the things you see in the wet. I saw a clip the other day of that back-of-the-grid start he did at Valencia in Moto2. Uh, when was that? 2012? 2012? Yeah. Unbelievable. There was a replay shown in the middle of the race or a few laps in from the helicopter, and I was counting off the number of bikes that he was <laughs> passing before turn three. I don't know. I'll have to go and look at it again. 17, 20 people before turn three. Wow. Oh, wow, oh, wow. And it would be such a shame, as it is a shame that we can't see Stoner do what he did anymore, as it was a shame that we've never saw Stoner and Mark head to head on a big bike. But it would be a shame. We've got a new current crop coming through, which, as we've seen in 2020, is unbelievable. But it would be a shame to see him go out of his best riding years in the gravel at Jerez. From what I understand, um, the the surgery yesterday was complicated but routine. It's not something that has a huge, you know, it's not a risky procedure. It's not a trial. It's not a a, a new technique. It's fairly standard. It's something that, that happens, you know, it's something that your grandmother gets whenever she falls down the stairs. So in theory, there's no reason why he can't come back and make a full recovery. You know, we, um, we first got word of this about three weeks ago, whenever we first ran the story at the race. And I spoke to a medic back then who's very, very familiar with motorbike injuries. And he was adamant there is nothing about this procedure that means Mark Marquez can't come back and be Mark Marquez. So, you know, this is not nerve damage. It's not something that's going to leave permanent weakness. Nothing like that. It will heal. It will take time, but he'll come back. The thing is... We've seen this before with other riders. They've had a big injury. They've missed a lot of time. They've come back. And it's not that they've come back any different. It's just that they've come back and discovered that everything has moved on a little bit. And I think that's what we're going to see. You know, I, I keep harking back to Valentino Rossi breaking his leg in 2010 at Mugello. He came back again. He won races again. He fought for championships again. But he never dominated again. And I think that's what we're going to see from Marquez, which arguably, if you're an independent rather than a Mark Marquez fan, is awesome because it means we're going to see Mark Marquez, Juan Mir, Franco Morbidelli, Alex Renz, all these guys fighting each other every week instead of just seeing Mark clear off into the distance. Let's see. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, what you're kind of saying is, let's take a little bit of Marquez's speed away from him, but all the others at the moment have gained speed, and now they've met That's in the it, middle. Exactly. That's it, exactly. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, we, we thought we've had the golden years. M- maybe it means that the best is still to come, you know? Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well said, Simon Patterson. For the very latest of news on MotoGP, Formula One, and Formula E, go to the-race.com. But from Simon and myself, we're wishing Mark Marquez the very best following this third operation on his arm. Because as we've just said, he's a genius on a motorcycle, the likes of which are not seen very often to that kind of degree. Fans the world over want to see that streak of genius back on track, as do all of us here at the race. Goodbye for now. (laughs) 